Thank you so much for the introduction, and um, I greet you in the name of Jesus. And uh, for me, it's a, a great honor to be here with you uh, this morning, and thank you for having me. Um, as already mentioned, uh, we, our church, um, every Saturday we meet upstairs. Uh, our number here is like around uh, about 15 to 20 people, and um, it's been a it's it's been a great blessing for us to be here, and we feel that we are we we've been incubated under uh, EBC. So uh, thank you so much. I, re I I would really love to take this opportunity to say thank you um, for your for your for your generosity and for your for your graciousness. Um, I would like to say a few things before I uh, jump into sharing the Word of God, and that is that um, uh, I am originally from Eritrea, but I was born and raised up in Ethiopia. Uh, and um, if uh, many many of you may not know where Eritrea is, but it's uh, north of Ethiopia and uh, um, on the on the southern side of Egypt. Uh, bordering with uh, Sudan, Ethiopia, Djibouti. Uh, so it's a small, uh, tiny country, the second large, the second youngest country in Africa. Uh, so that's where my, my, my family came from, but uh, I've never lived in Eritrea. I only once uh, visited uh, Eritrea in 2001, and that's it. Um, uh, there is a, there's a very harsh uh, persecution against Christians in Eritrea at the moment. It's from the government. Uh, it's more of a, a, the, a form of gov government in Eritrea is like more of a Chinese communist uh, uh, regime that is controlling the country uh, and persecuting Christians. Many of my friends are in prison for the past uh, 19 years and plus. Uh, so I it's quite unimaginable uh, for, uh, you know, for uh, a government that uh, uh, put innocent people just simply because they worship God. Uh, and uh, there isn't any, uh, they, were, they were not tried or uh, stood trial, but they're just put in prison and they're still there. Uh, the prison in Eritrea is not uh, of uh, the one that is similar to what you may not, we, you may uh, you may think of, but it is it is completely different. I mean, the the the, uh, the prison conditions are extremely extremely uh, primitive, and uh, they, they these people are treated very badly, uh, and even torture happens uh, quite often. My own cousin, who is uh, who lives now in, in, in Australia, and who's, who also happened to be here uh, with us in GTA this weekend. He's, he's our guest speaker. Uh, he was in prison for, uh, for uh, 12 years. And he, you know, under heavy uh, torture, uh, he got sick, he lost both his kidneys, and uh, simply because they didn't want him to die in prison, they released him, and he escaped the country and now he, he resides in uh, Australia with his family. So this is, this is the situation in my uh, home country. 
So um, just uh, having been saying say that, I, I'd like to uh, leave with you the burden to pray for Eritrea and for the church in Eritrea. Um, I have also lived in Sweden, as already mentioned, and um, I've been, uh, I, I was studying at the same time, uh, helping pl uh, plant churches. And um, this, uh, the church planting uh, mission in my life uh, just happened uh, to me uh, accidentally uh, from, from the earthly perspective. But I believe that God had a purpose in my life, and that's how he has been leading my life uh, since, uh, since my uh, uh, early 20, 20s uh, uh, and up until now. I have been planting churches, and it's, uh, even though it's, um, it's uh, quite difficult to, uh, to do church planting, but it is a very um, rewarding and very huge blessing in my life. And I, I thank God for what the Lord has done in my life through this past, um, I believe, about 20, 20, 24, 25 years. Um, my uh, title today uh, is Be, Be Still and Know That I Am God. And um, I'd like to just uh, pray a short prayer before, we, we, uh, before I continue to share to the, the, to the sharing of the Word of God. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for uh, this wonderful opportunity, Father God, that you give each and every one of us today, this morning, that uh, you speak to, to each, of, each of us, Father God. And I pray that your spirit will, will fill this place, Father God, as you already um, are here keeping your promise. I pray that your presence increases and that you speak to each and every one of us, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Um, as I was preparing and praying uh, and pondering about the word that I will be speaking this morning, uh, something that does to do with uh, the title happened in our life, in our family. Um, uh, last, last Monday, uh, we went home and we had a, you know, a gathering, a family gathering, and we had a good time. And then uh, my wife left to, to work. She works uh, night shift. And in, in the middle of the night, my, uh, my youngest son came to our bedroom and he woke me up. And he said, Daddy, I'm in, uh, in, a, in an excruciating pain, so I need to go to the, uh, the emergency. Could, could you take me? I was, I was very tired. I didn't like the idea of going there, but you know, uh, I, I saw him that he was in, in pain and we had to go to the emergency. And um, we went there and it was a very long wait. We, we waited uh, about five hours uh, to be seen by a doctor. And uh, while waiting there, he was just taking pain medications and uh, it, was, it was quite an experience. And um, he was seen by uh, a couple of doctors, and uh, they, didn't, they didn't know what was happening. It was, um, it was some kind of a swollenness on his inner, th inner thigh, um, and they didn't know what, what was going on in his, in his body. Um, it was, it was, it, the, the area is, uh, was like kind of hot and very angry and uh, swollen, and it was painful. So they, uh, they, they had to do all kinds of tests, 
and uh, the results, most of the results came uh, uh, negative, but they, uh, they didn't know why the swollenness wasn't, wasn't going down. And uh, he was given um, uh, medications, but it was not helping. So um, we had to go back uh, to see a pediatrician at the hospital uh, yesterday, and they decided to keep him in the hospital. So he's in the hospital. So during the week, the course of the week, uh, you know, going back, back and forth to the hospital, I didn't even have enough time to pray and to, uh, to revisit, uh, you know, my sermon, uh, so to speak. But uh, I was just trusting the Lord and I was just being challenged by the very word that I was preparing to share this morning with you, to be still and know that God is God. So there are times in our life that um, darkness, whether we like it or not, crawls into, uh, into our, uh, into our uh, life, into our, uh, into our, the situation uh, becomes quite dark and um, uh, quite difficult to handle. So that's, the, that I was being challenged by uh, the very word that I was, I was preparing and praying. Uh, so, our, our scripture is from the, the book of Ruth, and as you all know that the book of Ruth is one of the, uh, the most interesting books in the Bible, and um, uh, especially Ruth is a very, a very unique person, uh, not being a Jewish woman herself, uh, a Moabite, and um, she... She happened to marry a Jewish, a Jewish man. And um, soon after they got married, without even having any children, her husband dies. Uh, her uh, father-in-law also died. And her, her brother-in-law died. So she was left with, uh, with her, uh, her mother-in-law and she made a decision to follow her mother-in-law back to uh, Israel. So this is a story, a, a, a love story uh, of uh, uh, a woman that does not even belong to the family of God, but somehow and somewhat was um, uh, pointed out or picked by God to God for God to display a, a prophetic message that uh, involves the whole earth and the whole family of this earth because uh, the Jewish people are not allowed to marry with uh, a non-Jewish or um, uh, from uh, outside of the, the, the Jewish family. But this woman, because she happened to marry a Jewish man and decided to follow her mother-in-law, she went back to uh, Israel. So I strongly believe that this is what God intended uh, to show his love to, uh, to each and every one of us, even people that never belong to the family of God, the Jewish people. Um, uh, we are called by the Jewish people goyim, uh, meaning that uh, outside of the family of God, that we, we, we don't have any covenant with God, but God was somehow trying to speak to uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the rest of the family of this earth that he is interested to show us his love and to draw us closer to him. So um, Ruth 
was a link between uh, the love of God and the, 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 the people of the covenant and uh, the people that, that, that are uh, outside of the covenant of God. Um, we, we see how the Lord led this woman and he led her to come to um, the people of God and that he gave her an amazing favor in, in, the, in, the, middle of, uh, in the midst of God's people. Um, so, uh, we're going to explore some points in the life of Ruth. Because Ruth uh, was not just a woman that, that, that just happened to, 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 to go back to Israel with her uh, mother-in-law. But there was a traumatic experience in her life. Because she lost her husband and she was mourning. And now she's... she's She's, decided, she's, she's made a, a decision to go back to Israel, to a place that she'd never been before. So I can relate to uh, what Ruth could have felt or could, was, was feeling because uh, I once was forced out of my country and I find myself in a, in a situation where I was an alien and we're, we're in a country where I, I did not speak the, the language, I didn't know anything about the culture, I had to leave Ethiopia, where I was born, and find myself in Sudan. And I, I didn't have a clue about the language uh, Arabic. Um, uh, it's, it's a very beautiful people, but I, I didn't have any cultural connection with the, with the Sudanese people. And I end up on the street, sleeping, being a homeless, a, a, a poor refugee. I was only 17 years old. So I understand and I can relate to what Ruth was going through. Because she was back in Israel. I don't know if she, she spoke the language. But she finds herself in, in a culture that she was not even able to relate to. Except that somewhat the link probably is uh, the family of, of Elimelech. Elimelech was supposed to stay in Israel, in Bethlehem. Uh, Bethlehem means a place of bread. bread. But this, this man decided to uh, take his, his family to Moab, which was completely not the will of God. But we see that God intervenes in, 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 in the situation or in what was happening and uh, turning things into his, for his glory. Uh, so now Ruth finds herself uh, trying to find God's purpose in her life. I strongly believe that this woman had a sense of connectivity with God. And I, I, strongly, I also strongly believe that she was connected with the sense of the purpose of God. Because in the pattern that was happening in her life, we see that she wasn't just a lazy woman. Okay, I'm here with my, grand, uh, with, with my uh, uh, mother-in-law and I'll just help her or maybe expect her mother-in-law to do something to feed her or whatever. But this woman... She understood that there was the purposeful God's purpose in her life. So she, her ears, her, her, her heart was open enough to, to, to download God's purpose in her life. Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples, how to, they, they asked him how, uh, to teach them how to pray. And Jesus, 
he, he taught them. He didn't give them like a whole package, package of prayer, but he gave them the instruction, the skeleton of how to pray, an instruction, uh, step by step. And uh, one, of, one, of the, one of the points, the strongest point there is that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this woman, I, I believe that she understood that God has a purpose in her life and somehow she was able to pray this prayer and downloaded God's purpose in her life. From what's happening in her life, we see that she was not depressed, she was not sad. Uh, even though that, that she, she went, she, there was a trauma, traumatic experience in her life. She's an alien in a, in, in a country that she, that she does not belong to. But she was purposeful. She was open to the purpose of God. She was able to, to be still and know the God of Israel. Because that's exactly what she said to her uh, mother-in-law. I will go with you. And your people will be my people. And your God will be my, my God. That's a covenant. She got connected with the God of Israel. She got strongly connected with what God intended in her life. How? Because she was able to be still and know that God is indeed God. Uh, in Acts 13, 36, we, we, we read, now when David had served God, God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. So David was one of, the, one of those people, one of the, those kinds of people. He understood the purpose, the purpose of God in his life. He was just a shepherd boy. He wasn't even forgotten by his family. When Samuel came to anoint, anoint David, he was not even in the number. But David understood that God had a purpose in his life. And the very word that this title is taken is from what David sang. Be still and know that I am God. God spoke through him to each and every one of us, to, to the whole humanity, to be still and know that he, he, he is God. So uh, things happen like God's purpose happened in our life when we, when we, when we come to... Uh, when we come to realize that we need to be still and know that God is indeed God. I'll just share my, my own, from my own weakness and what I have learned uh, years back in Sweden. When I first came to Sweden, <clears throat> I was just a, 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 an asylum seeker. I was a refugee and I, I was placed by the, by the refugee, uh, Ministry of Refugees in, in Sweden, in the northern Sweden. It was a shelter for refugees until their, their application is processed and done. And um, the place where I, was, where I was staying is called uh, Kiruna. That's the northest city in Sweden. And you can imagine how cold it is. It is it's, it's in, on, on the same degree with Siberia. Extremely cold. And I, I, I moved from, from Sudan, which, is, which was like, like a scorching heat to an extreme cold. So you, you can see the contrast from where I've, I've been, I was living for, 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 the, for the first four years of my, my life as a refugee and come to a country where it was 
extremely cold. There were refugees there, about, about 350 of them. Among them, about 45 to 50 Eritrean and Ethiopian refugees. And the moment I, I came to this place, uh, I was sharing um, an apartment flat with uh, other young men with, with me. And as soon as they knew that I was a believer and I, they saw me uh, saying grace before I ate, I was rejected. And uh, the information that I am a believer, an evangelical believer, spread among our people in the community. So I was rejected. No one wanted to talk to me. I was isolated. I was able to talk to some other uh, uh, refugees that came from other countries. But I was rejected by my own people. And I was asking the Lord. I started murmuring, Lord, why am I here? Does this really glorify you? Why did you bring me here? And my prayer life started to, to go down. And my, my, um, my appetite to read the word of God started to go down. Because I was, I was disappointed at God. I was murmuring. I was complaining. I was not happy because God brought me there. I, I knew and I, I, I had a strong belief that anything that happens in my life, God's, hands, God's hand is in it. So I, I was convinced that God brought me to that place, but I didn't know why he brought me there. I was rejected. I was lonely. I started to feel sad, depressed, and I was complaining. And then suddenly, I, 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 I said, it just, it just came to, to my heart that I, 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 needed to, I needed to make peace with God. Ask him, why, what's the purpose that you brought me here to this place? It was just a small village. It, this is outside of the, 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 the city that I, I mentioned earlier, Kiruna. So this is called Svapavara. It's a, it's a, mining, it's a mining village where 300 to 350 refugees live and 300 uh, residents live. It's a small village. So boring. Then I started asking the Lord, Lord, I want to know why you brought me here. I, then I, I decided, okay, let me just fast and pray for two weeks and see what God could do. I really wanted to know why I was brought to that place. Because I was in darkness, not only physically. Because the place where I was living in the northern Sweden was like completely darkness. You, 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 know, you wouldn't even be able to see a glimpse of the sun. Three months of darkness. Of course, three months of uh, non-stop sunshine during the summertime, but the, the winter was so harsh. All you see was the, the, the white stuff. Nothing else but snow. You see elks coming, you know, you know roam around the area. Reindeers. That's what you see. That's all. 
And then at the end of the second week, I decided to just rejoice in the Lord. Because the way I chose to complain and murmur was not a good way of dealing with the situation. I said, Lord, even if you brought me here to teach me something, to train me, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I don't understand why you brought me here, but speak to me. Now teach me, train me. Transform my life. So I, the, my, I, I turned around my rejection and I decided to take time with the Lord. So I, I was praying, asking the Lord, show me the purpose. I want to know why you brought me here. And then one day, I met an elderly Eritrean woman, and she said hello to me. And that never happened before. I was ignored and rejected. And I, I, I said hello back. And she said, uh, if I was an Eritrean, I said yes. And she invited me for tea at her place. She lived alone. And I, I went to, to her place. I was so happy that I, she, that she, I was invited. Someone invited me at their place. And I went there and had tea and coffee with her. And um, I understood from what she was speaking that she had already heard about me. And she was telling me some, some things that she regrets in her life. And I understood that um, she was kind of open to the things of God. And I, I, I started sharing the gospel and what the Lord has done in my life. And she said, I really want to have what you have. Can you pray for me? And then she just knelt down and I just rushed to lay my hands on her before she changed her mind. <laughs> I was so overjoyed. I prayed for her. I led her to Christ. And then I told her, do you mind if I come every day and we, we read the Bible together and we study the Bible? And she said, I would be so happy, please. Then I started doing that. On the third day, my, uh, my roommates came to visit this, this woman. And I was given the opportunity to share the gospel with these people. And I, I told them, I'm here um, uh, with uh, uh, Amleset. Her name was Amleset. And Amleset studying the word. Do you mind if I continue reading the Bible? They said, sure, no, no problem. Go ahead. They didn't have any chance. The Lord brought them there for them to hear the gospel. And I shared the gospel. And uh, I asked each one of them, what do you say of what the message what you just heard? And then they responded. And one of, one of, the, one of the guys, uh, he, he said that, you know, he, he went to church once when he was in Eritrea. And he, um, he went to the front and they prayed for him, led him to Christ. But then he said, uh, I wasn't really interested, so I left the church. So I said, okay, so he might be, um, he might be the second person who probably rededicate his life and come to Christ. And I, I, I started taking time with him. And he suddenly said, you know what? It, this happened like three, four, five years ago back home. So I'm not interested. So stop telling me anything uh, about the Bible. And I said, okay. Then what happened was one day, uh, as him and myself were watching uh, the news, as soon as the, the, the news was done, 
I, I said, good night, Yosef, his name is Yosef, and I, I said, he, and he invited me, why, why don't we watch a movie that's coming up uh, together? And I said, I'm really tired, I'm, I need to, to sleep, sorry. Then I, left, I, I went and le I slept. The next day morning, he said, uh, good morning, Jonathan. You know what, he said, from the moment of what you said to me yesterday, I didn't sleep. I was crying the whole night. I said, what did I, what did I say that make you cry? He said, you, you said goodnight to me and left. And then um, just turned around and said, Yosef, remember Jesus loves you. And that struck me and I wasn't able to sleep. I don't remember, I, don't, I, don't, I, I never recalled that I said those words. Because he already told me that he was not interested. So file closed for his case. But I don't know how I said it. I don't recall that. But he said that I, I told him that Jesus loves him. Then he said, please pray for me. And I prayed for him. He rededicated his life to Christ. And he said, you have to baptize me now. And I said, I never baptized anyone in my life. Uh, he said, yeah, you have to baptize me now. I really want to keep my, my decision to follow Christ. I, then I, I told him, okay, I'll find a church. We'll take you there. You'll be baptized. And then find a church uh, in, in, in the area. And they, uh, they agreed to baptize him. We went together. And he was baptized. Today, he is a pastor in, in Gothenburg. Uh, so this is God's goodness. And then what happened was, as soon as I, I, I stopped being uh, worried and um, murmuring and complaining, that's when God started working in my life. That was the time I saw God moving in my life. You see, most of the time, um, we try to make a case out of our situation and clash with God. And that's when things get worse. What God wants in our life is to take time and to be still and know that he is God. He is in control. To trust him. To whatever happens in our, in our life, to just keep trusting him. Some things and some, sometimes things may not make any sense. You may say, this is nonsense. I mean, what, what's, what's, what's this? Why is this happening? You may not know what's happening, but God is in control and he knows exactly what is happening. In that refugee camp, when I left the place, 28 people came to Christ. 28 people came to know Christ. Be still and know that he is God. When God works in our lives, there's always small beginnings, very small beginnings. Some, most of the time, very insignificant things that we may even consider, what is this? This is just, you know, this is just a small thing. But that's how God works in our life. Small beginnings, small things. Ruth started gleaning. She went out. She said, let me go to a place where I, I, where I find favor and glean. She started gleaning. 
She was not complaining at all, but she went out to glean. And the Bible says in Zechariah 4.10, do not despise these small beginnings. That's how God works. Uh, when we think an awesome God, a great God, and when we trust him, most of the time we expect something great because we, 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 we worship and we, we, we believe in a, in a great God. But God starts things very small. Just imagine how Christ came and was planted in that young lady's womb. It was just, just one single cell. Microscopic. But then he started growing. He became a fetus. He grew. Took him nine months to become a full, full baby and was born. And he grew up to become a 30-year-old rabbi. And then he started his ministry. It all started with one single cell. I was planted in a young lady's womb. Anything that God wants to work in your life, it starts with the very smallest thing that you may despise. But, that, but that's how God works. We're talking about Jesus, the Christ. God himself became, became a person. He reduced himself into one single cell. And then two. And then four. And then eight. And then 16. It goes on. That's how the God that created the universe started on this planet. And he saved you and me. When God works in our lives, he starts small. Go ahead and glean. Do something. Just give him your attention. Be still and know that he is God. Know that he is God. Um, when we are still, then that's when transformation comes. In Romans 5, 3 and 4, it says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And that's how God works. And God is at work in our life. He is at work in our life. You know, uh, probably a good number of you remember how we used to use, you know, this camera with a, with a, a film in it. And then uh, we take pictures. Uh, There's a limitedness. And... Um, uh, and there's a process to develop a picture out of it. And then uh, once you're done taking pictures, if you open the thing, the, the camera, and the film is exposed to light, then everything vanishes. But what, what happens is you take it to a developer, and that, that person takes the film into a dark room, and... The negative film uh, develops in a dark room 
without any exposure to light. So in the same manner, God uses situations in our life that, that crawl into our life that we may experience unpleasant. This is dark. This, I don't like this. This is not comfortable, Lord. Why am I in darkness? I don't know what's happening. You know, the reason you feel scared in darkness is because you, don't, you have no control of what's happening. Maybe someone, someone, you know, a criminal is maybe right standing is by, right beside you and you don't know. You don't have a control. If he tries to attack you, you are in a position not to even defend yourself. That's how darkness is so scary. But God tends to use darkness in our life. Situations that come into our life. Sometimes darkness comes because of our poor decisions. And sometimes God causes them because he wants to train us. Because he wants to transform our lives. That's when we need to be still. I remember when, I, when, when we first uh, had our first baby. Um, you know, uh, and you wanted to change his diapers. If he's not still, then things go so wrong. <laughs> Everything becomes so messy. And this baby that you're trying to help does not understand the situation. He just wants to be free. He's, he's uncomfortable. So him being uncomfortable and just moving around makes things messy. It's the same thing with our lives. If we're not still and know that God is God, that he is in control, and a mess comes. Psalms 46.10 says that, Be still and know that I am God. I will extend, I will exalt, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. For God to be exalted in your life, for him to be praised in your life, in your personal life, you need to be still and know that he is God. Um, I'm, I'm going to share a story that happened uh, way back when, uh, when uh, my wife and I got married and we, uh, both of us were students. We didn't have much to spend on our honeymoon, but we had a, we had a, a, a Toyota DX. In those days, and we, we decided to drive down from Sweden down to Norway. Uh, by the way, Norway is one of the most beautiful countries, landscape-wise, and beautiful place. And then uh, we were driving down to Norway, uh, past Oslo, and then we were on our way to Stavanger. And then uh, it was kind of dark, and we decided to uh, drive off the road and go to a campground. And sure enough, there was a campground. But it seemed quite full. And then I looked around. It was, it was dark. The office for the campground was closed. And I, I spotted a place where a tent was uh, put on. Uh, so I went to one of the, the people that, that were camping there. And I asked, is it OK if we, we, if we put our tent here? And she said, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess so. But you, in the morning, you, you can go to the, uh, the office and pay for, for that. I, I said, sure. And then, uh, yeah, we tent there. And then uh, my wife and I said, OK, let's go to you know, a restaurant or wh whatever and have some, uh, some dinner. 
and we went, and I, I, we came back. There was this uh, pickup truck uh, all the way to our tent, uh, closed the entrance of the tent. And I was, I was quite bizarre. And I said, this, I mean, the, the, the person, the, the, the guy who parked the, 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 the pickup truck may not have seen this tent. That's, that was my conclusion. And I, I went back to the person that I, I asked about the, uh, the tent ground, and, I, and, and she said, oh, the, the truck belongs to you know, so-and-so, and he's in the campfire. If you go there and ask for his name, they, you, you'll see him. And there was a lot, a, lot, a lot of people around the campfire drinking, uh, singing, dancing, uh, smoking, you name it. And I went to a young lady around there, and I asked, uh, I'm looking for uh, Mr. So-and-so. And she said, yeah, she called him. He was naked from uh, his waist up. He had a liquor, in his, a liquor bottle in his hand, a cigarette on the other hand. And then he came. He came. Very tough. He's very strong. Uh, and a Viking spirit, with a Viking spirit. <laughs> And uh, I, I told him, is the uh, you know, pickup truck uh, license plate this, is that yours? He said, yeah, so what, what is that? And I said, yeah, you know what, you completely blocked our entrance to the tent. Yeah, I know that, he said. Would you, and I said, I very kindly, I asked him, would you kindly just move it a little bit? We're, we're going away tomorrow morning. He said, I will not do that. And I said, please, I, I kindly ask you to just move it, just to give us an entrance. He said, no way. You can take your tent, go anywhere you want. You can go back to where you came from. And I said, at that point, you know, there was, there was no point arguing or trying to do any other thing. This guy is drunk, and he's with a group of people, you know. And I said, uh, can I just say something? And he said, what do you want to say? I said, Jesus loves you, and God bless you. And his face turned, and uh, immediately he said, he, he started saying, meaning in, in Norwegian, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, he said, are you a man of God? He said, and I said, yeah, I'm a minister. I am a minister. He threw his bottle. He, he, he dropped his cigarette. And then I said, I am really sorry. I did not know. I, I apologize. And he said, my life is, uh, I'm in trouble in my life. I'm in darkness. My dad passed away uh, several years ago. And then my grandfather is in, 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 in the hospital, uh, being, uh, fell ill from cancer. And I'm scared in my life. Could you please pray for me? And then he knelt down, crying, tears coming down his face. That huge guy, prideful, telling me all kinds of things, ugly things. He knelt down in front of me. And he, said, he was asking me, pray for me, please. And then I said, I, I, I stepped forward to him and I said, it's okay. God is with you. And I, I laid my hand on him and I started praying for him. He was crying like a baby. And then 
his friends didn't know what was going on. They came and they, they saw him. He, went, he, he left the, the camp, the, 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 the campfire, prideful and just, uh, you know, uh, strong and tough. And then they see this guy kneeling down, crying like a baby. And I prayed for him. I hugged him. I said, God is with you. Just put your life together and just rededicate your life to Christ. He said, I grew up in a church. His father was a, a, a church elder. His, father, his grandfather as well. And he rededicated his life to Christ. And he moved his uh, pickup truck way far from our tent. And he said, is there anything I could help you with? We said, no, we're staying here overnight and we live. God is so good. When we are still and depend on God, when we know that he is God, when we are still, I could have just tried to deal with the situation, you know, could have just, you know, uh, at least said some, you know, some words, maybe not, uh, you know, swear word or whatever, but I could say, you know, you're disrespectful or whatever, right? Something just to point out that he was not right. But I, my decision to just bless him turned things around. Um, things like that happen when we feel still, when we are still and know that God is in control. Anything, anything that happens, I can tell you story after story, similar stories. Do you want, do you want to hear another story that happened during COVID? I'll tell you one. This is what happened. Me and my wife went to Whitby from Ajax to where we live. And then suddenly a lady just cut me off. And then it was, that was so scary. And then I just flicked the light just to tell her that I was displeased of what she did. She became furious. She, 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 she stopped the car, jumped off of the car, and just coming, marching towards me, so angry. And I said, oh my goodness, this is an angry woman. I said, let me just run off. And I just turned the car and left. She ran back to her car, jumped in, started following me. And I, I, I said, you know, what kind of thing is this? I mean, I didn't do anything. I just flicked. Because she, she's, she's done. what she has done was really terrible. And I tried to avoid her. Uh, she even just you know, uh, past the red light and just following after, after us. And then she came in front of me, stopped the car, and then I, I, I turned left, went, went into a neighborhood, and we, then she just turned around, came to the neighborhood as well. And then, uh, I mean, the whole situation became like Tom and Jerry, <laughs> you know. She was following after us, and, and we were trying to, to get away from her. And then at one point, I just parked the car, in someone, someone's uh, um, driveway. Then we stayed there for a few minutes, about five minutes, and then hoping that she, was, she would just you know, go, go away. And it didn't happen. Uh, as I was trying to pull back, she came right behind me, stopped me. I, I didn't, there wasn't any way I could, I could drive the car. She stopped, she got off the car, and she was saying all kinds of nasty things. In, I mean, nasty things that I, some of them never heard before. She was bombarding me with bad words. And she said, I hate you. I hate you. And then 
I said, every time I, she said, I hate you, and I, I, I started saying, I love you. She said, I hate you, and I, 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 know, I, uh, I replied back, I love you, but I love you. I hate you, I love you. So that went on for a few minutes, three, four minutes. And then my, my wife tried to, to explain the situation. She wouldn't, she wouldn't listen. And then, then I said, I decided to you know, dial 911, and I did, and I, I dialed it. And then my, my, my son, my, my middle son was in the back, and he said, Daddy, she's trying to talk to you. She's trying to talk to you. And then I, I hang up, and then I saw her. She was walking towards me. I, I, I was kind of uh, fearful because she may attack, but then her face wasn't really angry. At, at, at that point, she was not angry. And then she came and she said, I am so sorry. I am so bad. I've never seen any, anyone like, like you. I was hateful. I was saying all kinds of nasty things. And you kept on saying, I love you. She started crying. And I said, it's OK. I hugged her. She was crying. This is during COVID. And my son just passed me a, a, a truck, and I told her, it's okay, things happen. Maybe you had a rough day. It's okay. Can I just pray for you? I, please pray for me. I prayed for her. And she said, I want to come to your church. I want to come to your church. And um, uh, I still have, you know, we still, our connection continues. I, 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 I gave her, I texted her at a church around there. It was during COVID. She, she didn't go immediately, but um, we... We say hi to each other now. We became friends. You see, when, when, we, uh, when we come to a state where we are still and try to know God, then God works in our life. I mean, there's no way hate, hate could overwhelm love. The only word I was saying was, I love you. Uh, I've heard her say a number of nasty words, but... The only word, the only word that, that, I was, that I was saying was, I love you. See, when we, uh, when we trust the Lord and, and uh, we are still, then things happen. Uh, finding hope in God's promises. When we, in, a, in whatever situation we are, we need to find God's promises. That's our anchor. It's the words of Jesus. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You shall know the truth. This is not just any truth whatsoever, but the truth that comes out of the, the, the mouth of Jesus that sets free. It's the promises of God. He didn't say a truth. This is a definite article here. You shall know the truth. Which truth? The truth that he speaks, the truth that is in him, the truth of the promises of God, the truth of the promises of God, those are our anchors. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is God's promise. This is God's promise. I mean, if, if I don't see someone kind of fearful, I would not say, do not fear. These this, this words of promise is for a person who is in fear. If you're not fearful and God is 
saying, do not fear, that means something maybe is going to happen in your life and that he is in control. So do not fear. Do not fear. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the Bible says it was chaos in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was empty and void. Everything was chaotic. And the darkness was over the deep. And the Spirit of God was um, over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And the chaotic situation, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And things started to to, to get form. It's God's promises, the words of God, that brings light in our life. Staying under his feet, that's exactly what uh, Ruth said. She was advised by her mother-in-law to see where Boaz would sleep and to go sleep under his feet. Boaz is the typology of Christ. And Naomi was wise enough, a woman of God. She led Ruth to the right place, to the right spot, to be still and be under his feet. And that's exactly what happened. She was still. She was led to the Redeemer's feet. He was her Redeemer. Boaz was her Redeemer. A typology of Christ. A typology of Christ. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He, re, he, re, he refreshes my soul or he restores my soul. He guides me along the right, the right path for his name's sake. To be still. And there is a, a divine redemption comes in our life. When we are still. When we know where we belong. When we belong under the feet of Christ. Brothers and sisters, we belong under his feet. That's where our redemption is. Roots redeemed by Boaz, who is a type, a typology of Christ. The last point is God's glory. When we are still and know that he is God, then he becomes glorified in our life. And that's the whole point. The reason you are still on this planet is for God to glorify himself in you. How is he going to be glorified if you don't know your Redeemer? How is he going to be glorified in your life unless you know your place, your spot, where you belong? How is he going to, to be glorified in your, life, in your life unless you are being, you, 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 you're, you're being able to be, to be redeemed or redeemed, redeemable? God redeemed us through his son, Jesus Christ. He keeps redeeming us from situations, from, some, from things that happen in our life. As long as we are on this side of eternity, we need God's redemption. We need God's protection. We need God's guidance. We need to hear his voice. We need to know that he is God. Why? Because he wants to be glorified in our life. Do you know that um, Ruth got married with Boaz and Boaz and uh, she became an, an, an ancestral grandmother of Jesus Christ. A Moabite a Gentile woman, God 
glorified in her life. Let's pray. I'd like to give you the opportunity to um, speak with the Lord, to pray, and make a decision to be still and know that He is God. I do not know what is happening in your life, what may have happened or will be happening in your life, but I just want to encourage you to take a moment to make a decision to be still in his presence and to know that he is God. He is in control in your life. He loves you. You are not forgotten. Situations may speak otherwise, but indeed God loves you. He cares for you. Just be still, know that he is God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word, Father God, and I thank you. And I, I hope and believe that you try to speak to each and every one of us this morning. I pray that your word gets into each one's heart, causing every one of us, Father God, to be still and know that you are God, that you are in control. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.